When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, I've been playing some Sealed, you've been playing some Sealed, and we are here to drop some knowledge on the listeners for the Arena Open. Yeah, for sure. It's always so awkward because we release on Mondays when these, like, events on the weekend happen. People are always like, are you guys going to do an episode on this? And I was like, I don't know, because, like... You know, it's so early in the format. We want to still be doing drafts so we can get that episode out. And then it's like, are we going to do a sealed episode after the arena open? That doesn't feel super helpful for people. But that's where the bonus episode comes in. The bonus episode solves all problems. And here we are to talk about sealed. Yeah, I have done a grand total of four seals, but I feel like I've learned some things. I also feel like I've had some pretty atypical pools. How many have you gotten under your belt so far? I have six pools under my belt. So we're in the double digits combined, which feels pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a fun format. I would say definitely not as good as draft, but I think as far as sealed formats go, I've had some very interesting builds. Yeah, and I think is it's a pretty unique sealed format. I mean, I think sealed in general has sort of much like draft with like and maybe the advent of one drops, I think sealed has sort of gotten to a place beyond where it once was of like, oh, sealed is slower than draft. And like, you know, you want to be, you know, your divinations get better and your discard spells get better or whatever. Like these sort of tropes of sealed, I think we've sort of perhaps evolved, even though some of the things that I just said, I do think are true in this format. <laughs> I was um, going to say that's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> but, but I do think that like, sealed has sort of gotten to a point where it's not that much different from draft you know i don't think in terms of the power of your decks maybe but in terms of like the strategies and the archetypes and the synergies i think those are largely going to be the same i agree i was looking through the lords of limited discord in preparation for this and the trophy channel is like two color deck two color deck two color deck and then every once in a while i got to a multicolored deck that was four colors and i was like oh this deck looks sweet and then it was my deck that i posted <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one that had posted more than two color decks as trophies in the Discord. Wow. All right. Well, so let's uh, let's talk about our experiences so far and what we're planning to do for the Arena Open on Saturday. So for folks who don't know, the Arena Open is this weekend. And much like limited GPs of yore, day one is sealed and day two is draft. So we get, get to do both, have to do both. I don't know how you feel. I, I wish we were just doing draft on both days, but we don't get the choice. So we're doing sealed on day one. I assume you'll be doing best of one on day one. I will absolutely be doing best of one on day one because I don't want to deal with best of three more games. I just want the highest EV and I'm willing to sacrifice gems if that means better EV to get into day two. I'm going to have only about six hours to try to qualify for day two on day one. That's plenty of time. You can get what four runs in if you have to in six hours. What do you play at the speed of light? I'm slow. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, I forgot that you were piloting the deck uh, (laughs) in in this scenario. Um, Yeah, I'll be doing best of one as well on day one. No, no 
qualms from us if you want to do best of three. And I think if you're doing best of three, then you want to be thinking about building multiple decks and thinking about deck swapping in that, you know, brief two minute sideboarding period if you're doing that. But for best of one, you don't have to worry about that. And while it's, you know, worse gem EV, it is better EV in terms of qualifying for day two, which is what Ben and I care about. Um, so let's let's talk about maybe just like some sealed stuff in general um, and then how that applies to Neon Dynasty. I think that oftentimes in sealed, certainly in in the, the best of three world, you want to look for two different possible builds in your pool. I think you want to look for the deck that lets you play all of your most powerful cards. And then I think you want to look for the deck that is your most streamlined, low curve deck to punish that former kind of deck. What, how do you feel about that statement? I think that's incredibly true. And I think in Neon Dynasty, it's really hard to get the low to the ground streamlined deck because a lot of those decks really rely on synergy. So we've talked about, you know, red being the hardest to draft because you need such a density of red cards. So imagine trying to get lucky enough to open that high density of cheap red cards in your sealed pool. So a lot more has to come together, I think, to get an aggro deck in sealed. And one of the things that I did, I streamed all of mine, and I don't know if you did yours as well, but on sealeddeck.tech, you can export like the pool so that everybody can build And the number one thing I saw was people just trying too hard, especially with my pools that had really good fixing, was just to play a two-color streamlined deck that left a lot of powerful cards on the sideboard. You were saying that was what folks were doing. They weren't taking advantage of the fixing? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, you posted on Twitter that Ecologist's Terrarium and Network Terminal was what a a jackpot sealed pool looked like. And, you know, I think obviously you're being a little meme there, but I do think that like the amount of colorless fixing slash green fixing that exists, you know, that's oftentimes where your eyes go first in a sealed pool, right? You check your rares, And then you check your fixing, right? You want to see, okay, what are the powerful cards that I have? And what are the ways that I have to cast those powerful cards? I don't even think it's that much of an exaggeration (laughs) because Ecologist Terrarium gets you any basic. And then Network Terminal plus Terrarium, if you get them on the battlefield, you have the artifact for free to tap for Network Terminal. And Mm. I think that looting is so, so, so powerful in this format when you're playing the control decks. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. The, the one limiting factor to my network terminals in, in terms of my sealed pools has been, do I only have like three other artifacts or four other artifacts, you know, that I'm happy to play um, in terms of wanting to enable that loot? Because I've often w- wanted to put that in my two color decks even just for that that looting purpose. But sometimes sometimes you just don't get the artifacts for it. Right. I've been fortunate enough to open triple terrarium twice in oh, okay. two of my four pools. So I, like I said, I think my pools have been the exception rather than the norm. Someone has decided to waste all of their good luck before the arena open, I see. I really have. It's been unfortunate. Um, so as Ben said, I think it is incredibly difficult to get the low to the ground streamlined deck. I mean, I faced some whatever red, white aggro looking decks and they just don't it's just so, so hard to get that deck to come together in draft. And then I think there's the things that are sort of good in draft in terms of those poles of aggro or control are sort of even magnified a little bit in sealed because I think that it's much harder to get the aggro decks and you're much more incentivized to just play whatever good cards you get. And because the good cards aren't just wrapped up in your rares, right? There's just a lot of really strong uncommons, even like the top commons and colors are strong um, that I think those aggro decks are going to struggle a lot of the time against most good sealed builds. I think that is true. I will also say, though, you know, if you do have a synergistic deck, don't be afraid to build it. If you can build a sealed deck that looks like a draft deck, great. But what you don't want is a sealed deck that looks like 
two thirds of a good draft deck because mm-hmm. that's not going to be good. You have yeah. to get there all the way for it to work. But if you do have a very synergistic deck, build it. Yeah, I had a coaching session yesterday where we were practicing sealed pool builds and we had one where it was a pretty weak pool, but the blue yielded three network disruptors and the one mana rare ninja that has a ninjutsu of four. And if you ninjutsu it into play, you get to copy an attacking creature. Um, and I was like, okay, so we have this like aggro shell in blue. What color is going to pair best with that? Well, it was red and we actually had a pretty good low to the ground blue red artifact deck with like dragon spark reactor and like 14 artifacts or something. But that's rare. I don't think that's going to happen very often. But as Ben said, if, if your pool can do that, by all means, do that. Like just find the best thing that your six packs do together, you know? I agree. And I, like I said, I think my pools have been unusual in that I've played four colors in all four of my pools, but I've also had the fixing to do that, which is very fortunate. So I think what you have in the notes here is that red has been borderline unplayable, white's a great support color, and you're hoping to be some combination of the Sultai colors. And I have not been that necessarily, but that checks out with what I know about the format. I think I would have been expecting to open sealed pools that would have been some combination of black, blue, and green more often than not. Yeah, because the problem is, well, so we already sort of have assessed what the problem with red is and that like, you know, red, not only, you know, remember all the things we talked about last week about all the boxes you need to check, right? You want the one drops, you want your curve to be low so you can take advantage of the synthesizers. Red doesn't play well with others. You really want to be deep into red. That's just going to be orders of magnitude more difficult to do in sealed with red than it is in draft. And then one of the reasons that white has some issues is that a lot of its cards are kind of anemic in in a similar sense of like, you've got a lot of one mana combat tricks, you have random two mana creatures that get easily outclassed. I think that white as a support package, or even as your second color, a lot of the time can be very possible, right? You get you get good commons like Sunblade Samurai to help enable splashes or just be good on its own. You have Imperial Oath, obviously, Intercessor's Arrest. Um, so I think you can have white as a base color too, but I think uh, white also just has the the tools inherently to be a good little, ooh, a little support color. I got the, you know, the Oblivion Ring variant at Uncommon or whatever. Right, and I do think the Sunblade Samurai package to help you splash is awesome. And those cards you just listed off, Oath, Intercessor's Arrest, I've been doing that a lot in my four color decks. You know, you have a Sunblade Samurai and then you've got a couple other pieces of fixing and then all of a sudden you can play your best white card or your two best white cards nearly for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that fixing is your friend in this format has been as sort of alluded to of like, you know, a lot of his pools have been sort of just four color piles. I don't think it's quite like, does your pool have environmental sciences or not as it was in Strixhaven, but Uncharted Haven, the uh, land that ETB is tapped and you pick a color and it taps for that color. Terrarium and Network Terminal. These are some of the commons you're really hoping to find to open up the possibilities of your pool. I agree. And I think so rules of thumb, if you're not sure about that sort of thing, I think for every two copies of like terrarium or terminal, you would remove a land. So like two terrariums, 16 land or like terrarium and a network terminal and 16 land. Or let's say you're fortunate enough to get three terrariums. I I would run like 15 land in that scenario. I think I'd go 15 land, three terrariums. Or if you have two terrariums and a terminal, I'd go 15 land, two terrariums and a terminal, I think. So if you've only got two copies, I think you want to run 16 land. If you've got three copies of those cards or, you know, maybe even is it uncharted growth, the two and a green that um, lets you tap for two mana of any one color like that in a similar level of equation. So cards that are pseudo lands or help you search up lands or whatever. 
I think, let you skimp on lands a little bit in your pool. And I think it's also important to note that if you're doing the fixing thing, you really want ways to loot a rummage. If you're having to play those 18, 19 sources, even if you've only got 15 or 16 lands, just to really make sure that you don't flood. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to touch on there. One, I would say that when things cost one or two mana, I'm happy to have them one for one replace lands, certainly initially. So that's why like Commune with Spirits does that. I think Terrarium does that. When we're getting into three mana stuff like Terminals, I feel a little dicier about it, but I guess it, it, at least the first, it's not a one for one ratio down the line, right? You get diminishing returns as you, you know, three doesn't mean you run 14 lands type deal. Yes, I completely agree. I, I would be hesitant to go under 15 lands. And then the thing you want to track, and one of the things that Terrarium does so well with this, you want to track sources as well. Um, so sometimes, even though you've got many things that make lands, right, you've got your 15 lands, plus you have your Terrariums, plus you have a network terminal, etc. Um, you just want to make sure you also have the sources for if you are doing a, you know, a four color, five color soup kind of style deck there, that you have enough sources to cast all the things that you need. And so you may end up having something like 20 mana sources, 21 mana sources in your 40 cards. And that's what Ben's talking about with wanting that that ability to loot with Modern Age or with Network Terminal or whatever. Also, I was not close on that enchantment name. It's Grafted Growth. <laughs> and Did I do you think... Said, you said growth, right? I think there was growth in there, but that's pretty much a gimme. The first word <laughs> is pretty important. But anyway... Uh, Shrine Steward, I think, in tandem with that is something to be on the lookout for in Sealed Mm. as well. Shrine Steward, I have found to be a massive overperformer in Sealed. And specifically, if you have Grafted Growth and two Shrine Stewards, all of a sudden, that's three free sources because you can use your Shrine Steward as a creature, which is great in Sealed. Plus, you get to go get your fixing to turn on every card in your deck, which is really sweet. Yeah, okay. I hadn't uh, hadn't considered that. I like that. I, I was a little worried that still like, I don't know, five mana, three, two. Is that good? Yes. I think Shrine Steward is very good in Sealed. If you have two cards to go get, I'm jamming every copy of Shrine Steward I have. Wow. I forgot. You just love, once you, you don't want to double spell at all in this format. You just want to go five drop, five drop, five drop. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here's my feeling about removal in Sealed. And I wonder if we're a little different because I heard you saying you thought on stream that you thought that removal was more important in Sealed than in Draft. I think so. It has felt great to me having removal so far. Enchantment removal as well as just straight up twisted embrace, kill your thing style removal. I have found removal to be, I would say, slightly more important than sealed than it is in draft. I think, again, one of the things that I, I sort of you clued me into, right? Sagas are less prevalent, right? Because people only have access to six of them and they're unlikely to like all be good or all be on color. So you're less likely to be facing decks that are just insane value saga decks. I also think you're very likely to be facing, you know, good, easily cast rares like Temeshi or Hidetsugu or anything like that because people are so incentivized to play those cards if they're opened, so one-for-one removal gets better. But I do think it's not like you see a Twisted Embrace and an Assassin's Inc. and you're like, ooh, gotta play black if at all possible. I still think it's much more about assembling the best deck you can rather than having answers for your opponent's cards. Like I'm, I'm, le- I'm also not super interested in splashing for random removal unless it really shores up something that my deck is lacking, or I guess if I have the fixing. But I, th- that's another thing I want to touch on. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here. But let's, let's, let's put a pin in this and say, what do you think about all those thoughts about removal in terms of thinking about why you're playing certain colors? I think cards like Twisted Embrace or Assassin's Inc. don't necessarily make me want to play black, like you're saying. But I do feel 
very strongly about the fact that at the end of my sealed pool build, I would like at least two to three ways to answer my opponent's cards, preferably mm-hmm. much more in the four, five, six range if I can swing it. Okay. So you want you do want to be that seems like a lot more interactive or reactive than in draft. Yes, I think so. It feels different than draft to me that way because I think you're less likely to get drowned in saga value for sure. And there are card advantage engines like you mentioned that you just need to get off the battlefield. Yes, for sure. But I mean, you need to get them off the battlefield, but that I mean, also at a certain point, you're like, ah, it, this has already done its damage, you know, like me picking it off with Akami's flare isn't really going to solve the problem that it already created. Sure, that's fair. But I think much more willing, I guess, to put a Tameo's completion in my deck in sealed mm-hmm. than I am in draft, I think is more how I would characterize it. I think that is definitely, yeah, I, I agree. I think that card goes up in value. And, and speaking of, I think we should talk about some specific cards or maybe some specific concepts that improve in Sealed from Draft. And first up, I got to shout out your favorite saga in the format, The Fall of Lord Conda, I think gets a lot better in Sealed than in Draft. This is the two and a white. Chapter one, I believe it's Exile, a, a creature with mana value four or greater. Chapter two, you gain control. Each player gains control of all permanents they control. And then chapter three, it flips into a one three defender. When it dies, draw a card. Yes. And right alongside that, Repel the Vile, three and a white instant exile target creature power four or greater or exile target enchantment. Both of those go way up. And I have a newfound respect for Repel the Vile. You think you're going to start main decking it? Oh, absolutely. In Draft? I think so. Draft. Wow. Okay. 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 Um, Yeah. I just found that, you know, people are playing again. It sort of goes back to like everybody's playing Hidetsugu. I think the sagas are less prevalent. And so they feel feels fine to still pick off the whatever the creature half of Besager reaches Skyward, etc. You're just gonna have targets a lot more for Fall of Lord Conda than you will in uh, in draft, I think. Yep. I completely agree. I've liked counterspells a lot more. I mean, this is, again, something that sort of is a, a trope of sealed of improving, but I have liked Disruption Protocol, the the blue-blue counterspell that uh, you pay an additional mana or tap an artifact for it. And I've really liked Mirror Shell Crab, um, just because I think both halves are fine. I think you're fine with the 7-mana 5-7 five, Ward 3, and I think you're really happy with the uh, the ability to channel it out and counter not only spells, but activated abilities as well. I agree with both those things. I haven't had a chance to play blue yet. My blue has been a steaming pile in all four of my <laughs> pools, but I can see both those cards getting way better for sure. I got to live the uh, reanimation dream. I had t- double Marishell Crab, and then I had, forget, I don't even know the name of the card, but the five mana spell that lets you reanimate something from your graveyard, and if you have an artifact and enchantment, it gets two counters on it. So I got to live the dream with a turn five, seven, nine Marishell Crab. Reckoner's Salvage or something like that? Yeah, Akiba's Salvage maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. All right, so what's going on with Black Discard? How have you liked Black Discard in uh, in this format? I have not gotten a chance to play with any of it other than Iron Shell Beetle, but I've had Kaido's Pursuit cast against me. That's the Mind Rot variant, and it is backbreaking and sealed. I'm also curious about Reckoner Shakedown. Have you played that at all? That's the, the two and a black card I liked in our Crash Course review that lets you look at target player's hand, have them discard a card, and if you choose not to, you to put two plus one plus one counters on target creature you control. Wow, shout out to you for just reminding everybody that you liked that bad card <laughs> in the Crash Course. Just, oh, look, I own it. I own just it. Good, good for you. Um, I like Kaido's Pursuit a lot more because it's a two for one. I think Reckoner Shakedown is less good. I have not been Reckoner Shakedown. I don't go. Ooh, I'm going to main deck that. You know, Thoughtseize variant. I'm, I much prefer the the Mind Rot in Kaito's Pursuit. 
but you're playing almost every copy of Kaido's Pursuit you get if you're playing black, yeah? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I had a, uh, my first pool. I think I had three copies. I only ran two. Um, but I, I think, yeah, like that should say something where I was like, yeah, I'm happy to play two of these. I think you're, I think you're just like always definitely playing the first copy. Sweet. We've talked about Season of Renewal a fair amount in the draft format. That's the two and a green return target creature and or target enchantment from your graveyard to your hand. That gets even better somehow in Sealed. So I think if you get Season of Renewal, you're playing every copy you get, even if you have to splash for it. And I think any ways you have to loop with Season of Renewal, whether that's Colossal Sky Turtle or, you know, Shigeki or whatever the name of that rare is, Mm -hmm. any loops that you can do. You should definitely be playing in sealed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Gloom Shrieker. I mean, I think green, it's usually green is like, oh, well, green gets better in sealed from draft because it gives you fixing and that's what you want to do in sealed a lot of the time. Green is really good in the sealed format, one, because the commons run so deep, but also because of the loops that it provides. Like season of renewal is just, I mean, it's already good in draft. It's way better in sealed. Yes, 100%. Big, dumb, colorless creatures have been overperforming for me. I haven't put a Thundersteel Colossus anywhere near any of my draft decks. I've been very happy with playing Colossus in my sealed decks. This is the 7 mana, 7 7 trample haste vehicle with crew 2. The card has felt like a beating. I've had my eye on it. My decks have been good enough against Sick Brags that I haven't haven't needed to include it. But (laughs) I have thought, in theory, this seems like it would be good. So you've been happy. Would you say you would go out of your way to include it? Or it's just like, fine, 22nd, 23rd type card that you're willing to put if you don't have better finishers? Yeah, more the latter. It's not a card that I'm like, got to make room for this Thundersteel Colossus. But like, I've been impressed by it enough. And it's like, you know, as long as your deck is geared for the mid to late game, which it almost certainly is in sealed, you're going to be able to cast it and it's going to be a two for one. Right. And next door neighbor, Walking Skyscraper, the eight mana, eight, eight trample and then has ward as long as it's untapped. That card has been just straight up hexproof. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just straight up hexproof. Not even ward. Forget that. Ward schmord. I had that with uh, Tales of Master Sashiro, which is just cheating because you're like, oh, I'm attacking with my nine, nine hexproof trample creature now because it doesn't have to tap unbelievable walking skyscraper though you much more are incentivized to try to play i think as a great game ending threat sure but i think that's like i i didn't put that initially on this list because i was like well that seems like that's a great card in draft it doesn't get worse in sealed colossus i think is a big you know big leg up in the sealed format yep Modern Age has been another one that I've been very impressed by and just sort of under the the lens of anything that lets you rummage or loot. But Modern Age in particular, if you have the fixing, I think is worth splashing for, mostly because those fixing decks tend to have a lot of dead cards that then when Modern Age, if you draw it in the late game, is still super relevant. It's almost like draw two cards, get a two, three flyer. So I've been very, very, very impressed with that. I want to, this is a great spot because I sort of wanted to talk about this a little bit before, but I think it's a good spot to talk about it now. Talking about splashing a card like the Modern Age. Can you give our listeners a, a sort of key into how do you figure out like, okay, I have the mana worth building this like four or even five color monstrosity. How do you arrive at, I'm going to splash a card like the modern age, which I think, you know, if we're talking about draft, I would be pretty, you know, dubious of seeing a a deck tech on stream where someone submitted a a deck that was like, you know, whatever, a, a black, white artifacts and enchantments deck where they were splashing modern age. Even if you have the quote unquote, the fixing for it, right? Let's say you've got a dismal backwater and you've got a haven and a island. Like you still shouldn't splash the modern age, right? 
Right. This is more of the decks where you get to play whatever you want because you have such good fixing. So let's say you have two ecologist terrariums. You've got a network terminal. Maybe you've got grafted growth and a shrine steward to go get your grafted growth. Then you've got an uncharted haven. Like, so you essentially just have borderline unlimited sources of every color <laughs> and you're just playing all your best cards. And I've had two sealed pools already like that. So maybe unlikely, but it's definitely possible. And then I think a card like the modern age, once mana is not really a consideration, is a great include because it lets you mitigate the risk of flooding out in a deck like that, where you are running extra sources to try to be able to cast all of your good cards. And I think unintuitive because it doesn't look like a powerful enough card to splash, but I found that all you really are in danger of losing to in these style of decks is flooding out and blood's not around anymore. So modern age is the next best thing. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And these are decks where you're already incentivized to be, you're, you're not incentivized to play multiple colors just because you have the fixing, right? You have pow more powerful things that are pulling you in multiple different directions. Then you can support them with the fixing that you have. And then that leads you to go, okay, then what, just what is the deck full of all my best cards look like? Right. And a lot of times the modern age is your last 22nd or your last 23rd type card in that style of deck. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. What's next on our list? Chain Flail Centipede, baby. This is tuna black for a 2-2 and whenever it attacks, it gets plus 2 plus 0 and then has reconfigure for 2 mana to give a creature that same ability that when it attacks, it gets plus 2 plus 0. I have found that this and the Enormous Energy Blade, which is the Whoa. equipment that gives plus 4 plus 0, get a lot better in sealed. Wow. So I've played Centipede and I've actually been impressed with it. I would say in uh, the context of a deck that cared about types, talk to me about Enormous Energy Blade. That seems, you're, you just feel like you're, you're so unlikely to get run over in the sealed format that you have time for this. Yes. And like turning your virus beetle into a 5-1 that has to be traded with is big game or putting this on a 1-1 one, one flyer or a 2-2 two, two flyer is huge game. I think it's a gigantic problem for opponents and has to be dealt with. And I've been on the receiving end of Enormous Energy Blades as well. And it's been a card I've had to spend removal on. Okay. All right. I'll keep my eye out on it if I see it uh, in my pool on Saturday. And I don't think it's necessarily like plan A, but if you've got a lower powered pool, this is a way to get your lower powered cards to definitely do work. Makes sense. Uh, more removal on the list, fade into antiquity. I mean, exiling artifacts or enchantments, everybody's just, their deck is chock full of these cards. Your best cards in your pool are often these types. Yes, I would happily slam three Fade into Antiquities into my sealed deck. And I think is even more important than the creature removal in some senses. Like, I think you should be looking at Fade into Antiquity like it's as good as, you know, something like Twisted Embrace. Yeah, well, the exile is actually quite relevant if you're thinking about, okay, what are the best things people can do? Well, it's the like Season of Renewal. They can use Colossal Sky Turtle, etc. Mm -hmm. Greater Tanuki as well, speaking of ways to fix and just big dumb things, a card like Greater Tanuki just gets way better in sealed. You're really happy with the six mana six five trample as a threat and the fact that you have the flexibility to, you know, when you include a copy of this, it's a source of whatever color you want it to be. So the fact that it turns on splashing as well is really, really powerful, I found. Yeah. All right. We talked about Shrine Steward a little bit. You want almost any package for this to put together uh, to make it work. So like easy to have like a couple removal spells, like an arrest or an embrace or an embrace in a shrine, whatever. And now talk to me about shrines. Are you like you just jamming just the black shrine by itself in your black decks? I don't think just a shrine by itself. The black or the green or the white, I probably would play one copy of. 
But if you have two shrines, I think you're working very hard to put those two shrines in your sealed deck. Okay. Big reconfigure cards have been very impressive. Bronze Plate Boar, Web Spinner Cuff. I've liked those a lot. I mean, again, I have not played red as a base color. Um, I'm, I'm not even sure if I've touched red, period, in my sealed pools. But Web Spinner Cuff, I have liked a lot. Yes, I've been very happy with all of the reconfigure cards that boost power and toughness. You just have time to do that sort of thing in sealed. Yeah. And then lastly, I mean, no surprise, spinning wheel kick is good in draft. I think it's even better in sealed. I do think, you know, maybe I shouldn't have started the episode with all of my like, these are the tropes of sealed and draft and I think they're closer. (laughs) But like this sealed format is, I think, an anomaly in that it is slow because of the issues that red has in like its role in the format in draft and how hard that is to take advantage of in sealed, um, I think does slow the format down quite a bit. And something like spinning wheel kick, you know, popping this off for six mana, eight mana is not crazy, especially with in these decks where you're, you have 21 mana sources or whatever. Yes. So in terms of like our general approach to sealed, I'll, I'll just like run through, you know, when I open my pool, here's what I do. I, you know, open it up. Obviously, I'm a, you know, Arena does it for me. It shows me my six rares. If I were doing it in paper, I'd want to see what my rares are too. The rares in this format are not like, they're not draft or pool warping, right? Especially oftentimes they're lands or they're the quad pipped spells. Like there's a lot of rares that pull you in a lot of different directions. It's very, I think it's very uncommon for you to see something that's like, oh, I have these like three great on color rares together. That has not been my experience yet. Sure, I agree with that. Then I'm looking at my fixing. Next, I want to see what my what my colorless fixing is like and what my colorless cards in general are like. Like, do I have the circuit mender or whatever? Which which colorless cards do I have that are going to make my deck no matter what? And then maybe take note of some cards that I would want to play if I had some synergy with them or if I felt like I needed to like fill my curve with a papercraft decoy or whatever. But yeah, really keeping an eye on colorless fixing and then also t- checking out green for fixing as well. And then I'm just looking at each color and saying, like, what are the cards that I'm really happy to play out of this color? Um, Oftentimes, I'm ignoring red. Like, I want to write off red as quickly as I can. I'll check out white, but often white is also going to be, you know, not not a base color for me. And then I'm looking at blue, black, and green and seeing, all right, which of these colors seems pretty straightforward? And I've had fairly straightforward, I don't know, I've had a, unlike you, I've had a few two color decks, but then also have had my base two color decks that are splashing one or two colors. And that has all felt fairly straightforward to me in terms of, I don't know, I haven't had like the crazy complex sealed pools that felt like they could go in many different directions yet. Well, I think you're missing a crucial step in your outline of what you do there. Oh no. What First what, what, thing what, you do is add every card to your deck export and uh-huh. upload to sealed deck.tech because it is an infinitely better sealed pool builder. Yes, I think that is the correct thing to do. I do not do that myself. Do you really not? I really don't. That's just like so so many extra steps. And then you have to build the deck in arena anyway because you can't then export the deck you build. I don't know. I, I know the arena deck builder is atrocious, but I don't actually find it that hard to navigate. I just think as a streamer too, the upside that sealed deck that tech offers for you to be able to export your pool so that everyone in chat can try to build it at the same time is just so interactively great. Yeah, but you're trying to like cultivate like interactive viewership or whatever. <laughs> I want, I, I don't want any of that on my stream. Come on. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> um, and so, okay. So I missed that crucial step of exporting to sealed deck.tech. But beyond that, is there anything else that you feel like you're, you're looking for differently or that I, that I left off that sort of checklist? No, I don't think so. I would just encourage people to try to 
on a macro level, decide what type of pool you have. And I think that the types of pools would be pools that have the fixing to support doing whatever you want, in which case you should try to build the most powerful deck possible, assuming you have powerful things to do. If you have a lower powered pool, the more you need to try to build some sort of an aggressive deck that can cheese people out. But you want to make sure your pool's really low powered before you're trying to scrap towards that sort of thing. Or if you've got a pool that's very synergistic and you really think you have all the pieces to build a deck that looks like a draft deck, I would lean toward that route. But I think after you do all those things you're talking about, looking at it at a macro level and just trying to put some sort of a stamp on the pool can a lot of times start to give you a direction in the sealed pool deck building process. And I think the the last point I want to make here is that, and this is something that I feel in draft as well, and perhaps even more than than you do in draft, but I really want my cards in limited these days to like do their thing on their own. Certainly, I'm I'm happy if they get boosted up by each other, but I really do want my cards to have a pretty high fail rate. Um, And I think in sealed, that's really important. I think it's really important to just not be like, well, I just needed some two drops, so I'm going to put in this whatever coiling stalker in my two drop slot like you really want your individual cards to speak for themselves because i think just like card fail rate is so important in sealed because you're just so unlikely to have that sort of all that really good good synergy in your sealed decks i completely agree 100 back that up and i would say you know chat was building my four sealed pool as well and the number one mistakes i saw in the sealed pools that everyone submitted was that there were just cards that didn't pull their own weight and every card you include that doesn't pull its weight as a card and sealed is one disaster like when you draw it in your hand and assuming you put five of those cards in your deck and you draw three of them over the course of a game that's going to lose you a game of sealed yeah and you can't afford that especially if you're playing best of one and all your games matter and your pursuit for day two yep all right we'll go forth we hope to hear as much day twoing as possible from folks on our Discord, from folks on Twitter, and then uh, crush the draft on Sunday. Absolutely. Good luck, everyone. Great place to wrap us up. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thank you so much to ChannelFireball.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over to CFB for any and all purchases or signing up for CFB Pro, please use the code LOL when you check out to let them know we sent you there. You can check us out streaming. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter, and you can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.